This is your Olympic hero and former WWE champion, Kurt Angle. And I just wanted to give a shout out to my guys, Clint and Noah. When it comes to covering sports, there is no one better. And believe me, that's true. It's damn true. Gentlemen, you are the top 1%. The elite. Best of the best. You are now listening to the Elite Sports Podcast, brought to you by Vermeil Wines and powered by GASN Sports, the pinnacle of hard-hitting sports talk, featuring weekly expert analysis and top-notch interviews. And now, please welcome your hosts, Noah Groniger and Clint Schweitzer. Hello and welcome to the Elite Sports Podcast. Clint Schweitzer, alongside Noah Groniger, we are back once again, and I'll tell you what, This week's conversation is going to be with, well, one of the great WWE superstars of all time. We're talking about the Hall of Famer himself, former Olympic gold medalist in the 1996 Atlanta Olympics, Mr. Kurt Angle. He's done the intro for our podcast for many years. You know, you hear him at the very beginning of the show, and now he's coming on. It's true. Noah, we've got Kurt Angle coming on. And he's going to round out what is a kind of a balanced show we have for you today, talking about a myriad of topics, including but not limited to March Madness, NFL free agency. We've got it all for you right here on The Elite. How are you, my friend? Oh, I'm uh, hanging in there. I guess you could say Gonzaga going through March Madness, the number one overall seed. But you mentioned free agency and the Chiefs there. They are struggling mightily in free agency. But we have not only a great former WWE wrestler, Hall of Famer, Kurt Angle, but a great American in Kurt Angle. You mentioned the gold medal in the Olympics there. So it's going to be great to have him on. Clint mentioned that he's done the intro here. We've had him on once before. It's great to have him on again. But man, we, like you said, we have a myriad of topics to get to and let's get into it. I guess we should start with March Madness, the NCAA tournament. Mizzou loses to Oklahoma. We've got a lot of upsets going on. KU gets slaughtered off the face of the planet by USC. What are your takeaways from this tournament? Well, you know, the takeaways is that this is as crazy or crazier than anything we could have expected. Of course, last year, it's almost one year ago to the day. If you look back at our uh, our feed on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show, where we did a podcast with Matt Santangelo talking about what's, you know, about Gonzaga's prospects coming up in the tournament. And it was right after that, of course, everything went downhill. The, the conference tournaments were canceled midway through. We had no NCAA tournament. So a year later, to see where we are and to how much you know we missed that tournament. And March Madness is such a part of all of our lives, regardless of if you have a team in, involved in it or not. And, of course, you do. The number one overall seed, the Gonzaga Bulldogs. I did for about 10 minutes with the Missouri Tigers. But uh, the takeaways are that, you know, we've the double digit seeds and, and the sweet 16s, the seeding uh, adds up to the most we've ever seen in a sweet 16 round. And I think that that says a lot about this season, about uh, some of the, the crazy goings on uh, the COVID stuff. We've seen teams sidelined VCU just got kicked out of the tournament for uh for covid or they could have been another double digit seed advancing probably not because they were going to play oregon and uh, nobody looks like they're beating the ducks right now maybe usc in a conference uh, matchup will have a chance but it's overall been exhilarating if you're not a missouri fan or some of the teams that got upset like texas ohio state uh, overall it's been so enjoyable i'm just glad to have it back 
Absolutely. You mentioned it all right there. I mean, we've had these kind of lower seeds, but it's been one or two schools. We remember Florida Gulf Coast. We remember George Mason, but there's just so many right now that are pushing their way through and knocking off these higher seeds. It is a crazy year, but man, the Blue Bloods, I mean, we don't have a Duke or North Carolina or Kentucky. I mean, North Carolina gets knocked out early and Kentucky wasn't in, Duke wasn't in. It's just a crazy year. KU gets knocked out. It's going to be exciting to see what goes on. I mean, I, you, we've mentioned USC several times here. I'm not looking forward if they match up with Gonzaga, if that matchup for Gonzaga, because they are athletic, they are long. I mean, they are tall. I am not looking forward to uh, playing USC if that happens to be the matchup down the road. I don't think they get by Oregon, uh, who's, you know, Dana Altman's done it with, you know, using the transfer market. The transfer portal is as prevalent as it's been, and it's kind of to a detriment, I think, in a lot of ways. But if you're able to shape your roster like Dana Altman's been able to do using transfers, more power to them. You know, this is another team. Missouri, the Missouri Tigers, Noah, have beaten 25% of the sweet 16 they beat four out of the 16 teams during the year yeah they you know they and and that's not even counting beating illinois who was the number one seed that got knocked off by loyola Loyola, chicago so we talked about it earlier this week with regards to the missouri tigers and i know a lot of missouri fans listen to the show so i want to get this out there for them we talked about conzo martin and there's there's a lot of different ways to, to look at this and Missouri fans sort of have a knack for either jumping all in on, on fire Conzo. This has to be over right now, which can't take place for two more years legally or Nope, it's fine. Just getting back to the tournament. It was horrible under Kim Anderson. We have to just stay the course here. Missouri's one and done in the tournament. Again, Missouri hasn't won an NCAA tournament game since March of 2010. It's been 11 years. This is a once proud program. Noah, it's turned into an afterthought. A lot of problems and a lot of decisions, uh, bad decisions have gone into this occurring. This is not all on Conzo Martin. He's trying to clean up a mess. He was able to do that kind of, uh, you know, with smoke and mirrors, with a top recruiting class that kind of fell apart on him. But here we are kind of in the meat, you know, year four of his program. And is this as good as it gets for the Missouri Tigers? And should that be acceptable? It absolutely should not be acceptable. I don't understand that. The people saying it's fine. Let's just calm, pump the brakes. Let's calm down and let's just give him more time. I know flying off the handle and losing it is not always the right case, the right scenario for the fan base to go down. But I mean, we've talked about the Chiefs a little bit, free agency, kind of a similar scenario. A lot of people are losing their minds over the Chiefs' lack of targets and acquiring and signings in free agency so far. And a lot of fans are losing everyone say, Hey, we could be worse. We could be the bears. We could be two and 14. Remember in 2012, we could be that like, no, now that we're better, it's okay to want for more and want to be a dynasty and hope that the chiefs can add and get better after that 31, nine shellacking in the super bowl. But to get back to Missouri, it shouldn't be acceptable. Hey, remember how bad it was with Kim Anderson. It's a little bit better with Conzo Martin. So let's just keep it how it is. We don't want to go back to those bad times. Well, you've got to take some risks if you want to be better, if you want to win a tournament game, if you want to advance, if you want to see some more sweet 16s, elite eights, you got to go out there and take a chance. And maybe you do wind up with Kim Anderson, but it's better than knowingly settling for mediocrity. you got it, to take that risk. I get you, but is there something to be said? My, my devil's advocate to that is, is there something to be said for just instead of playing musical chairs uh, at the head coaching position, 
is there something to be said for letting someone just build a program? And I don't mean four or five years. I mean, a decade. I mean, you know, in, in my example to that, when we talked about this earlier this week was Scott Drew at Baylor. This is a guy, you know, they, they didn't just have success right off the bat. And that's, they've kind of had to build to this. And Scott Drew, well, by hook or by crook, has really built something at Baylor. And they're, you know, they're a, a juggernaut right now. Uh, really only one loss, uh, it's two losses, I think, in the last like year and a half. They, I mean, they're, they're really good. He's built something there. You think about Leonard Hamilton at Florida State. I don't think he made the tournament for the, his first eight years at Florida State, a school that is certainly not a traditional basketball power. They were patient, and now they're uh, parentally, you know, a, a top you know, four seed in the tournament. Is that something Missouri can rely on, or is it just, I mean, we're, we're at a point where, you know, he's going to get the next two years. The problem is Missouri's roster, Noah. You yeah. lose Drew Smith. You lose Mark Smith. You lose Jeremiah Tillman. Xavier Pinson's transfer. There's some kind of grumblings of some unrest and some players that maybe aren't too happy with uh, with Conzo. But what what do you do? Is there is there anything to be said for letting him just stay and build this? Because he's not getting in trouble. He's running a clean program. And that's just, uh, and, and, and I guess my other question is, You've seen office space, right? How do you feel about people that only do the bare minimum? Well, I think you answered your question there yourself. You talked about the unrest. You talked about him basically running off Xavier Pinson. We don't know everything that went into that decision, but uh, he's had some run-ins with this point guard there. And now Xavier Pinson is entering the transfer portal and leaving Missouri. You talk about Leonard Hamilton, Scott Drew. They were building it the right way. They were building a culture. Yeah, it wasn't happening on the winning side, but they were building something. They were developing players and slowly building it to where you could see where it was going moving forward. I don't think Conzo Martin is building it the right way. I don't think he has the trust of his players. I don't think he's developing players enough to have them reach their full potential. And so if he's not building it the right way, you don't just give him the 10 years because you've seen that work elsewhere because those guys were building it the right way. Is Gonzaga going to do this? Are they, are they going to win this tournament, Noah? And, and, and is this, on a bigger picture, because I know you, you're my friend, are, <laughs> you're, are you about to get your second championship in two years? You, the, the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 54. You and I are in the seats for Super Bowl 55, which has been horribly, you know, it was went horribly awry. And now here we are, Gonzaga is right in the thick of this. There's some teams they're going to have to get by, but you know what? Gonzaga, you asked me before the season, Gonzaga or the field, I took Gonzaga. That still remains. Are they going to do this? Are they just going to go out and win this tournament and all is well in the world? I want to say yes. Everyone else is, and I want to join on since I'm a huge fan and have been since their initial run in 1998. I want to jump on and say yes, but the fact that everyone else is saying yes, they're going to do this, just put it to bed, it's Gonzaga and nobody else, has me withdrawing. Like I don't feel comfortable as the favorite, whether it's a good team amongst other good teams and like, Hey, let's just play this out and let's see if we can win. I'd feel good about that. If we're the underdog, I feel good about that. Like I believe in this team, we're going to do it. We're going to have the upset. I just feel comfortable, more comfortable in that position. I've never been in this spot where I am with Gonzaga right now, where I am with Patrick Mahomes, where it's almost expected. And everyone is saying, you're going to win. It's hands down. You've got the best team, the best roster, the best players, the best coach. You guys are going to win. I just don't feel comfortable in that spot. So I can't go there right now. Like I said, USC is out there. Oregon's out there. Baylor's still lurking out there. You've got good teams out there. And so I'm a little hesitant to just jump on board with everyone else and say, yes, it's Gonzaga's to lose. Well, here after we speak with Kurt Angle, 
We're going to be going into a little more uh, NFL free agency. The Chiefs signed Demarcus Robinson to a one-year, like $1.3 million deal today. We're going to get into that. But we're going to talk to Kurt Angle coming up. And Noah, uh, you know, Kurt Angle came on our show, I think it was about um, four years ago, to do a, a, a quick phone interview. This time we've got him on uh, video. If you guys want to check that out, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Great American Sports Network. The entire video will be up for you to check out. And on our socials, we have some teasers of the video. But uh, we have the entire audio course right here for you on the podcast. Uh, Kurt Angle's coming up talking about um, physicallyfit.org, but uh, excuse me, physicallyfit.com. That is a website he is involved in. And they have uh, high protein, low calorie chicken snacks. Noah, and we're both big fans. I like the sriracha. And we hope that you guys will check check that out because Kurt Angle, these are great. Like they, it's like chicken skin kind of hardened. It gives you that crunch. You know, I'm a crunch guy. Like absolutely, I got to have like Cheez-Its, Doritos. I got to have that crunch. And so chicken snacks are great for that. Going to be talking about his hall of fame career. Is it over? Does he have more left in the tank or his, have his injuries sort of put him into the point where he doesn't think he can still do it at, at, uh, I think, you know, Kurt's, I think turned 53, we're going to also talk to him about the movie Warrior, where he played the Russian Koba, an unstoppable force akin to Ivan Drago from Rocky IV. That was a great movie from back earlier in the 2010s and uh, all that and more. And, and to me, Kurt Angle, he's a top five guy to me of all time. And that is because he's his in-ring work was second to none. He was a natural. Of course, he comes from an amateur background, but he, he you know, professional so much sports entertainment is so much different. I mean, it's, it's just night and day. So not everybody can make that transition. Kurt did seamlessly. He was the world champion within, I think, a couple of years of joining the business. You know, all the the, the major feuds he had with guys like Eddie Guerrero, The Undertaker, uh, Triple H, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, he really has done it all in the business. He moved on to TNA uh, at a time where he was sort of, uh, you know, going through some ups and downs with uh, opioid addiction. And he was able to overcome that. And uh, now Kurt, I mean, he's just, uh, he's just a great guy. Like you said, a great American. What, how perfect that he's joining us on the Elite Sports Podcast presented by the Great American Sports Network because Kurt is in fact that, a guy that cried on the stand winning a gold medal for this country back in 1996. Really, what else can we say? This is huge for us. And uh, I mean, where do you, um, do you, do you think Kurt is a, where, um, where do you rank him? And I'm talking about just all time kind of in-ring performers, he also had a lot of charisma. He did, he was funny. He they really were able to showcase that side of him uh, pretty quick into the business. So he was also a killer. He could be his character transformed into to being that of just like a guy that could go in and take you apart. I love everything about Kurt Angle, and he was a main reason that I hung on watching wrestling a little bit, uh, kind of after WCW went down. Yeah, I'd agree with that, and I'd easily put him in the top ten somewhere. Um, I. I we should probably do a list here coming up soon of our top 10 uh, favorite wrestlers and best wrestlers, in-ring technicians. There's all different categories you could go to, but um, I mentioned it right there, the in-ring technician that he was, of course, coming from the wrestling background, being an Olympic gold medalist. And I didn't expect when I heard his background and him coming in and he was going to use that as his character, as his gimmick, although it wasn't a gimmick because he was, come in and the mic skills I didn't right. expect that the range that he could go. You mentioned he came in and, and was funny and then went to a killer. I didn't expect that from him coming in. So just the well-rounded nature of who Kurt Angle is as a person and as a wrestler, 
I didn't expect that. I thought he'd just be, oh, this is kind of a gimmick, bringing a, an Olympic wrestler in to be, now be a pro wrestler. It's not going to last long. He's not going to be good on the mic. I was completely wrong. He's a WWE Hall of Famer, for crying out loud. Well, and I got to tell this story because, and I don't think Kurt would be, would mind us telling this because we were trying to set this up and, um, you know, it was, we were kind of going through a different publicist than we talked to you last time. And they were kind of trying to figure out who we were, what, what the deal is and who are these guys, who's trying to interview Kurt. And uh, so we're copied on this email and uh, the publicist is trying to tell Kurt like, okay, here's these guys, here's their following. Here's the people that listen. Here's some of the interviews they've done before. And I was copied on this message and Kurt said something like, well, are these guys full of crap or what do you think? Should we do this? Immediately, Kurt realized that I was copied in on this email and he responded with something like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you've copied him on this. I'm so embarrassed. And I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Kurt Angle, Olympic gold medalist, WWE Hall of Famer, who, who legitimately beat uh, Brock Lesnar in, a, in, a, in a, an impromptu wrestling match where they like went at it for real because kurt had heard that uh brock said he thinks he could take kurt that brock could take kurt and kurt said get in the ring right now let's go and uh kurt won that there it was an amateur it wasn't like they're fighting it was an amateur kurt that that same person was sort of cowering and taking the just begging <laughs> off you as it were they're yo rick flair no <laughs> to to me some 37 year old bald guy that's barely in any kind of shape. I just thought that was hilarious and almost kind of spoke to what a good person Kurt is. Yeah. He doesn't view the world like that. Like, Oh, this guy, that guy, I mean, I, I could, I could take him back and, you know, stretch him nine ways from Sunday if I wanted to, but actually I feel really embarrassed that I just said, is the, are these guys full of crap? I just thought that that story is great. It is. I mean, it's just unbelievable that that would happen, that he would be copied on that. Uh, and he kind of gave his publicist uh, the what for there. <laughs> how is this How is this happening? How could this be? How could you do this? And yeah, then he quickly is just, oh, God, guys, I'm so sorry. Like, that should not have been happening. And now I'm going to attack my publicist because that could not have happened. That's so great. Well, coming up, guys, we're going to be talking with none, none other than our good friend, Kurt Angle. Guys, we have so much still to come here on the Elite Sports Podcast, but we want to take this time to tell you about our new sponsor, 500 Level. 500 Level is the ultimate sports apparel and fan gear store, and they feature ultra-comfortable custom t-shirts for NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, and even WWE. I just got a Macho Man Randy Savage shirt from 500 Level that has been a conversation starter everywhere I go. 500 Level was created because they decided it was time to create an apparel company that put the fans right in the mix instead of having to outfit themselves with the same old gear from major corporations. 500level.com works with exceptionally talented artists, designers, and diehard sports fans to create unique t-shirt designs for fans to wear with pride. I mean, here in Kansas City, it's time to defend that Lombardi trophy. So stock up in 500 Level's unbelievable inventory of never-before-seen designs for players like Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, or even rookie Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You literally can't find that anywhere else. Use promo code KansasCity20 today for 20% off your order at 500level.com. That's promo code KansasCity20 for 20% off only at 500level.com. Kurt, how you doing, man? Great. How you doing? All right. Oh, we're doing great, man. Thanks for hopping on with us today. How's everything been going, man? It's been a busy time for you. What's been up, my friend? Yeah, it's just a lot of time with family, you know, with everything going on with the coronavirus. So it's been a interesting year. 
It, it sure has, but uh, a lot going on. Good for you. We're going to get into some of that. And I got to ask you because, you know, for me, Kurt, I try to eat healthy. I try to do the right things. I try to stay in shape, but it never really works out. I just got off of a road trip where I was eating 3D Doritos uh, at every stop. But tell us about physicallyfit.com because how did you get involved with this? And tell us about the chicken snacks because it, that's exactly uh, what, what someone like me needs because you get the crunch, you get the protein, and best of all, there's a bunch of different flavors. Sriracha is my favorite. I'll eat sriracha anything. Tell us about the website and kind of how people can, uh, can check it out. Well, these are the products. They're called chicken snacks. We have them in chicken, made from chicken breast, and the other ones are plant protein, organic plant protein. These are chicken snacks. The other ones are snack smart. You can get them at physicallyfit.com. They come in 11 flavors. They're engineered. They're high protein, low carbohydrate. They're engineered from chicken breast and organic plant protein. And we made them into a Chex Mix type of texture. Uh, the flavors are incredible. People that are going to try them, that already have tried them, love them. Absolutely love them. It's a great product. I started yeah. the company a couple years ago, and we're doing good. We're doing well. That's awesome to hear. You also recently started your own podcast with the legendary Conrad Thompson called The Kurt Angle Show. So far, you guys have covered topics like your encounter with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 19 and just your start in the business. What's it been like for you kind of reliving some of these moments and topics on the podcast? It's been great. You know, having reminders of my past and talking about it, it's been really cool to do it. I, I wanted to start a podcast to make a difference in people's lives. I talk about my story, uh, a lot of it good, a lot of it bad. If I can help but just one person out, that would be worth it. Yeah, and I think that uh, people are, are really enjoying it so far. I think it's the number one uh, wrestling podcast out there right now, which says a lot considering, you know, what Conrad's got going on, man. And so I hope everybody will check it out through Westwood One. It's on all the podcast apps. I've been really enjoying it. And, in fact, recently you talked about uh, your final match at WrestleMania 35, you did a deep dive on that. So if people want to check that out, be sure to check out that episode on the podcast. But you kind of talked about how you feel like that wasn't uh, maybe the best way to go out for you. You wrestled Baron Corbin, who's near and dear to our hearts because he played football right up here at uh, Northwest Missouri State here in Missouri, which is really cool. Really like, really like Baron. But, uh, you know, for you, your body was kind of beginning to fail. Uh, how do you look back at that situation now that we're almost two years removed from that final match? Well, you know, it wasn't a bad match. It was very short. And, uh, you know, it was more of a thank you from the company for what I've done in the past. And uh, it was supposed to be a match with Jason Jordan, uh, my so-called son uh, on TV. And uh, what happened was Jason got hurt and Baron took his place. And we were doing a program. I wasn't supposed to retire at WrestleMania 35. I was supposed to continue on and uh, I decided to retire because my body just wasn't holding mm. up. I just wasn't able to perform at the Kurt Angle level that I'm used to. So I told Vince, I wanted to retire and I wanted John Cena as my retirement match. And Vince said, you can have him next year, but you got to go with Baron Corbin this year mm. because we've had a six month program going on with him and we have to continue it. So I said, no, no, we'll just make Baron Corbin my retirement match. And Baron was great. He's a great athlete, great wrestler. He's done a lot since then, so I don't regret wrestling him at WrestleMania. He just wasn't my choice. Yeah, I understand that for sure. But, Kurt, we're a sports show here. You're a Pittsburgh guy, big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. 
And the team is bringing back Big Ben yet again. He had some trouble with his arm strength. We noticed last year, of course, he had the Tommy John surgery in his elbow. Are you okay with this? Or was it time for the black and gold to kind of move in a different direction? Honestly, I love Ben. So I, I'm all for him coming back another season. He had a good season last year. It was pretty strong. It wasn't too bad. I mean, it wasn't his best season, but from a numbers perspective, he did pretty well. So I think that he still has it in him. And I think he wants to go one more year and I don't blame him. And I think the Steelers owe that to him. We'll see what happens. Yeah, that's going to be interesting for sure. You know, we're in Kansas City, Kurt. We just attended Super Bowl uh, 55 in Tampa. So we're still looking our wounds a little bit from that one, man. Do you ever get to ever see Patrick Mahomes? Are you, are you, are you a fan of a guy like his? Who else do you like watching in the league, man? Oh, my gosh. Patrick's the best quarterback in the league. He's, he's phenomenal. Uh, if he goes at this pace, he'll be the greatest of all time. I think that eventually he may pass Tom Brady. It's just a matter of uh, putting in the years like Tom Brady did. You, nobody uh, is able to go over 20 years as a quarterback in the NFL. Uh, the, Tom Brady is an impressive individual. And uh, if Patrick Mahomes can have you know, 15 seasons, I think that he could be considered the best. Well, Kurt, I want to bring this up because uh, I was a youth wrestler back in the 90s, kind of a, really a golden era for, for that, and uh, grew up idolizing guys like Kenny Monday, Dave Schultz, certainly you, uh, after watching the uh, Atlanta Olympics in 96. Uh, I even bought one of those Team USA singlets, and I would like to psych out my opponents because like nobody had those back in the youth days in the 90s. Uh, but w just when you see the sport of amateur wrestling, and specifically youth wrestling kind of back then versus where it is today, kind of where do you see it? in the, in the grand scheme of things right now? Well, I think we have one of the best USA teams ever right now. We, we are very strong. We have a strong lineup and I think that the, the next Olympics, they're going to do extremely well. Uh, the best Olympics that we've ever performed in was the year I won the gold in 1996. Uh, we had, I believe six medals, three gold, uh, a bronze and two silvers or two, a bronze, a silver and two bronze. And uh, we, we did extremely well. And I think that this team now recently is going to be better than that team. That's how good they are. Yeah. That's going to be exciting to watch that and kind of see how they progress. But Kurt, we've seen AEW gain quite a bit of momentum here the last few years with many former WWE greats migrating down there. Chris Jericho, the Rhodes boys, Sting, I mean, uh, now Christian. Would you be intrigued by going to AEW should an opportunity present itself? I don't count anything out, but I don't plan on it. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm retired and I want to continue to be that way. I, I'll never go back and wrestle maybe an, on TV personality for WWE or any other company. But right now I'm, I'm good where I am and I'm, I'm okay with it. Uh, you know, I've retired and stepped away and just need to breathe a little bit because I've been in the business for so long that uh, I got a little burned out. Well, Kurt, I got to ask you about the, the 2011 movie Warrior, which uh, I'm a huge fan of to me. Like I tell people this all the time that haven't seen it. It's like Rocky for kind of the current times here. It's uh, kind of an MMA mm -hmm. movie. And uh, you played, uh, of all people, the Russian Koba in that <laughs> film. <laughs> but very intimidating and you played the part great, but you got to really have a physical altercation there with uh, Brendan in the film played by uh, Joel Edgerton. Just kind of talk about your experience working on that film and kind of what it was like. Uh, playing this role of this uh, Russian badass, kind of akin to Ivan Drago in Rocky Four. 
it was a lot of fun. I, you know, I, I wasn't cast for the part. I went in the, uh, for an interview and uh, rehearsal and tried out. And we, I went to an MMA club in Pittsburgh, and that's where they were having the casting uh, calls. And uh, the, the director, Gavin Connor, absolutely loved me. He said, can you lose 35 pounds? Because he asked me how much I weighed. And I said, I weigh about 225. He said, well, the weight class is 185. <laughs> so we're going to have to get you down to like 195, 190. And I said, that won't be a problem. So I, I lost the weight and uh, got the part. And I was actually, I had a speaking role in it. Uh, I'm not sure why they took it out. I had to learn Russian. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was really hard. But um, they decided not to put it in. I'm not sure why, but uh, I thought I did pretty well with it. But I think they just wanted me to be mute the whole movie. And I would be more um, imposing, you know. So I think that my character wasn't supposed to speak. It, it was, yeah. and it worked. Uh, have you seen uh, the, the show on Netflix, Warrior, with Frank Grillo, kind of a similar movie? Have you seen that show? No, but I'm a big fan of Frank. He was in. Oh, you got to watch it, Kurt. He did, it's great. He did extremely well. You talking about boss level or? It's that was the new movie. His show on Netflix is called Kingdom. Kingdom. That's right. I thought you said Warrior, so I got mixed up. Oh, with it. sorry. Yes, you didn't say Kingdom, Kingdom on Netflix. Yes, yes. I saw an episode. It, it's a great show, and uh, Frank is a very talented actor. Oh, great he's actor great too. He's phenomenal. He's we keep in touch, so I I I'm very good friends with him, and he's phenomenal. Dude, he's a badass. He's like he's almost yes. 60. He looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He's he's in awesome shape and he trains every day. He does a lot of uh boxing and you know, trains in the gym quite a bit. He keeps his body in, in tip-top shape. Absolutely. Kirk, can you give us a little sneak peek? Any th topics coming up on the podcast that you can give us some insight to? Well, I, I just did my rookie year uh, for the podcast, and I uh, just did WrestleMania 22 in Chicago, my ma main event match with Rey Mysterio and Randy Orton. We just filmed that today. It'll be out Wednesday on adfreeshows.com. So if anybody's interested in seeing it, go there or go where all podcasts are aired, and you can uh, sign on to the Kurt Angle podcast. I want to say that my first uh, memory of you, and I, you know, I couldn't find any research on this to, to see if it was just my crazy erratic brain remembering this right or, or not, but um, both Noah and I were in attendance there at uh, Over the Edge 99 in Kansas City where Owen Hart tragically died, but I want to say that you were in a dark match on that show. Were, were you there in Kansas City at Camp Arena for that? Yes, I was yeah. there. I, I, I had a dark match with Owen, I believe, five days prior to that. Oh, wow. Like right before. I didn't so know that. I might have been his last match before that occurred. It was on SmackDown, and it was a Tuesday. It was the five days before the pay-per-view, and uh, we had a phenomenal match. Owen carried me the whole match because I just started out. I didn't know anything. <laughs> I didn't know any psychology. I barely knew the moves. And Owen talked me through it. He was a real pro. One of the best of all time. Yeah. And I, th I think maybe at that, at that over the edge, you might have worked with maybe Midian in that dark match. It was someone like that, maybe. So I definitely I have a, was, a, a <laughs> Wow. <laughs> if that's the case, then I, I feel pretty good about the fact that the mem old memory isn't quite failing yet. But uh, Kurt, <laughs> tell us kind of how you're doing physically. I know that 
you know, as you've described it kind of on your podcast is that your neck has kind of always been like a, a duct tape situation on through the years, trying to just put, put masking tape on, on a bigger issue, which is eventually you'll have to have a much bigger neck surgery. Kind of what's uh, the status of that? When do you foresee that occurring? Do you, is it something you can kind of live with for quite a few more years? What, what are you doing well, there? What I'm doing now is working. I'm doing a lot of neck rehab. I got uh, a product called a, a piece of machinery called the Iron Neck, and it builds your neck up and uh, is does wonders for your neck. I do neck traction, anti gravity, uh, a lot of neck stretches, get my mobility going. Uh, so it's been working extremely well. So I think the surgery I might not have to have it. Uh, I thought I would, uh, and if I do, I'm going to have to have four levels fused, which is. You know, anything more than two levels, you can't do anything physical as far as wrestling in the ring or anything like that or competing. But um, I, I decide not to have it and I'm going to work on the rehab and see how that goes for a while. Excellent. Well, you know, kind of looking back at your career here as we kind of put a bow on this and we can't thank you enough for your time, man. Um, you know, when you look back, you're you know, a WWE Hall of Famer, you know, one, one of the most natural athletes that ever stepped in a ring. But do you ever have any regrets considering I know there was a point in time that you maybe wanted to go back and try to go for an, another uh, gold medal in the Olympics. Do you kind of regret that or do you look back and kind of things played out exactly how, how you would have planned it or, you know, does it still kind of kind of stick at you a little bit, maybe a 2000 or 2004, those Olympic games? No, I knew after the Olympics that I was done. Uh, you know, I broke my neck before the Olympics and I wrestled in the Olympics with it broken and I, I got through. I did, you know, whatever I could to win the gold medal and I was successful at it. And uh, I, I just knew that at that point I wanted to do something else more athletic oriented. And uh, I knew I, I didn't want to continue to do amateur wrestling. So I started watching WWE and uh, got hooked right away. Start watching early 1998, and by the end of 1998, I was, I was signed with the company. So I, I, I took that leap, and uh, I don't regret it. I was really happy with my career in WWE. Well, Kurt, it's just been a true honor, my friend. Thanks again. Stay safe and stay healthy, man, and uh, enjoy the uh, enjoy. I think you're, your son's got a track meet here today, man. That's awesome. What's his event? Yeah. What's his best event? <laughs> he does the 400 and the 800. He's he's. Oh uh, wow. He's a good sprinter, nice. but he, he likes the long distance. He just does better with that. That's awesome. We'll enjoy it. We'll catch you soon. We'll definitely catch you on the Kurt Angle Show and at uh, physicallyfit.com. Some great products there. Definitely got another uh, another round of the, the, the Sriracha chicken snacks coming, man. So thanks a lot, man. We'll talk soon. All right. Anytime. Take care, guys. You bet. You thanks, Best Kurt. of luck to your son. It's been an honor. Thank you. Take care. Thanks to Kurt. That was awesome. Really getting into the weeds there on topics like the movie Warrior, which I'm, which I'm such a fan of. Talked a little bit about Patrick Mahomes and uh, youth wrestling, amateur wrestling. We got in a little bit all of all of it. He says, never say never on AEW. Uh, so, hey, it was great to have Kurt on. And, and if you want to see that video of that, it is on our YouTube channel. Subscribe, uh, Great American Sports Network. All of the interviews we do, at least, what, 90% of them, we're doing them on Zoom. So yeah. if you want to see the video of it, you can get it only if you subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's where it's available. So awesome to hear from Kurt, yes. He's a, he's a, he's a Patrick Mahomes guy. 
He is. I mean, but he's also a Pittsburgh guy. We asked him about uh, the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger. He thinks that he should stay if he wants to. He's earned that in his career there in Pittsburgh. And you mentioned it there, AEW. He's not going to be an in-ring performer, but if they wanted to have him come and just be an on-camera role there in AEW, he would consider it. So hopefully that happens. I'd love to see him back in uh, wrestling in AEW, even if he's not doing some in-ring work. Well, before we get you guys out of here on this edition of the Elite Sports Podcast, and again, our website is GASNsports.com. And uh, you can, of course, hit us up, subscribe. The subscribe button is so huge for us, guys. So subscribe any way you choose to listen to podcasts. Hit that subscribe button on the Elite Sports Podcast because we want to keep all this great stuff coming, all the interviews and and everything like that, on into the spring and summer months as we start mentally preparing for another football season. Too soon? I say never. Never. But no, before we get you out of here, we got to talk a little Chiefs free agency, a little NFL free agency because – It's been a little topsy-turvy. It's been a little, dare I say, disappointing from the Chiefs side of things because it all started with the Chiefs' Brett Veach firing his two starting tackles in Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher, signing Joe Tooney. They signed Kyle Long to sort of add depth to the offensive line. And then it's been the, uh, the sound of a toilet flushing. And I've been a little hesitant, Noah. I've told you, let's just hold on here. This team didn't do much in free agency. Last year, the team was built to win now. We brought back a lot of players that were important. You re-signed Chris Jones in the offseason, extended Travis Kelsey. We got the big extension for Mahomes. We're just, just wait here, okay? And now, after, I don't know why this did it, the straw that broke the camel's back for me <laughs> was Demarcus Robinson, one year, $1.35 million. And so now I can officially say, what is going on? <laughs> I wish I knew. I wish I could tell you. I wish I had some answers. But you forgot to mention just Nick Kaiser, Blake Bell, Ben Neiman, Dan Sorensen. It's just what is happening? What are they doing? Mike Remmers, and apparently, according to Mike Remmers' agent, they told him he's the starting right tackle, like no competition with Lucas Niang or anyone else we may pick up in the draft or free agency moving forward. You are the starting right tackle. Welcome to Kansas City. Welcome back to Kansas City. I don't get it. I mean, we lost out on the Trent Williams signing. He went back to San Francisco. Same with K1 Williams, the cornerback who just recently left Kansas City without a contract, went back to San Francisco. Same thing with Melvin Ingram, left Kansas City without a contract. He's still there in free agency, mulling his options. I mean, we missed out on Juju Smith-Schuster and Josh Reynolds, wide receivers that we really wanted. So we had to settle for Demarcus Robinson. I don't know what's happening. People are reaching out. Mahomes is texting people. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz, even though he's no longer on this team, is texting people and trying to recruit them (laughs) here to Kansas City. And everyone's just saying thanks, but no thanks. I mean, the Chiefs gave Juju Smith-Schuster a better deal than he got in Pittsburgh. And he said, thanks, but no thanks. I don't want to play with Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. I don't want to go to Super Bowls. I want to play with a fledgling Pittsburgh Steelers team with a Ben Roethlisberger who has half an arm and stay in Pittsburgh and see what's going to happen there and probably not make the playoffs. I don't get it. I am lost. There's a difference between freaking out about what's happening and a difference between freaking out about the bigger picture. Where are are you freaking out about the bigger picture? Are we talking about there's a team, the Bills or the Browns or somebody maybe within the division, the Chargers or Raiders that, I know, I I can't say that with a straight face, but that could (laughs) overtake this team and that we're just in danger of, of, of hitting a wall. Because if you recall the day after the Super Bowl, when we were sitting in our palatial town place suites in Sarasota, Florida uh, with flight issues, uh, don't want to get into that. (laughs) I wrote, I was sitting there writing an article that was basically, is this the beginning of the end 
for the Chiefs. And by that, I don't, I don't mean this franchise is going into oblivion. By that, I meant is the window kind of closing on this team winning now and being just a shoe in for divisions and AFC championship games. That's kind of what I was getting at. And, and maybe that's my question back to you. Is that actually what's coming to fruition here because of this offseason or other reasons too? I think it's mainly because of the, what happened in the Super Bowl and this offseason combined together. We had Eric Fisher all last year until the Super Bowl. Uh, he got injured in the AFC Championship game against the Buffalo Bills. And now we don't have a left tackle. Instead, we've signed Joe Tooney, a guard. So I feel like we have gotten worse. We don't have Sammy Watkins, although he's available about uh, six, seven games a year, uh, all the way through, including the playoffs. That's about 20 games. He's available for six or seven. That's a bummer. But now I'm hoping that we sign him. I'm hoping we sign Antonio Brown, which I could have never said before free agency started because he beat us because he's got so many issues off the field because you have to watch him. Apparently he's got to move in with Brittany and Patrick Mahomes so that they can watch him all the time as he moved in with Tom Brady down in Tampa. Like I'm struggling. I'm in desperation mode and it is a bigger picture thing for me. I don't think we're going to lose the AFC West. We're going to make the playoffs. I think we could get back to the AFC championship game, but being good enough to win another Super Bowl, multiple Super Bowls, and be a dynasty, that's what I want more than anything. And I feel like we have the opportunity and the chance with the greatest quarterback we may have ever seen in the league, talent-wise. But I just I feel like we're letting it slip through our fingers with not being able to provide him enough weapons. We need a number two wide receiver. I feel like we need a better number two tight end than the just trash that we have. I hate to use that word, but they are. Nick Kaiser, Blake Bell, it's just not good enough in any sense of the word or the term or the phrase, whatever you want to say there, it's just not good enough. Well, we digress. We have to get back to... So March Madness, we got to get back to talking about the draft. It's all coming up, guys. The, there's there's better times ahead here in the spring and summer months. No, we're going to get this thing back limping towards normal, I think. And that's all that matters because a year ago we did a podcast talking about this thing that I used to call C-Void 19. I didn't quite understand the COVID thing yet. So a year ago today, things were really looking down. But the last year, we've really reevaluated a lot about what we do. And we've wanted to make this show so unique and bring on a myriad of different types of guests. And I feel like we've been able to do that in the last year. We've brought on more guests than any year prior. And I think that's our calling card here on the elite. And that is why we do this. That's why we are called the elite. It's not because we're elite our guests, each and every one of them are. And Kurt angle is absolutely that. So thank you guys for joining us. Always hit us up on the Twitter at G A S N sports, Facebook, Instagram. It's all there. If you want to hear more, about uh, Noah's thoughts on NFL free agency as things continue to crumble for the Chiefs. Give us a follow on Twitter, guys. Thank you so much for joining us here on The Elite.